this spring training matters more than it has in years. We're going to tell you why on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that every so often remember to unmute ourselves, and we have turned a lifetime of addiction to this Reds team and to information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter or check us out on YouTube and drop a thought in our comments section talking reds what we do and we want to talk reds with you and uh lockdown reds is part of the lockdown podcast network we are your team every day and on today's episode steve we will wonder aloud about ellie de la cruz's number we are going to explain the art of war but first we will talk about why the reds will not begin the 2023 regular season winning three games and losing 22 of them. Yeah, they, we absolutely cannot endure another three and 22 start. That's for sure. Uh, let's, let's talk about a few of the differences between last year, spring training start of season versus this year, spring training start of season. If you recall, uh, we'll, we'll go back into our little time machine to the beginning of uh, the baseball season in 2022. Uh, they had just come off of a shortened spring training period because of the work stoppage, the unnecessary, ridiculous owner imposed work stoppage uh, that was part of the negotiation process for the new collective bargaining agreement. Uh, that means that nobody got a full spring training. Uh, then the Reds, open up the season on the road, which is something that's completely outside of their normal operating procedure. Uh, they go down to Atlanta to start the season before coming for back to Cincinnati for a home opener. Uh, before that team ever hit the field, uh, they traded away Jesse Winker. They traded away a Eugenio Suarez. They traded away Sonny Gray. Lots of guys were gone before this team ever had the opportunity to set foot on a baseball field. Then they go to Atlanta, come back to Cincinnati, and Phil Castellini opens his mouth and creates one of the biggest controversies to start a season in Cincinnati in decades. In decades, I say. So all of those factors combine for the worst start possible. Three, it does, you know, the season was lost in, in April. Three and yeah. 22 is pretty much something that you cannot recover from. So in order for the 2023 version of the Reds to be better, that's where it has to start. They absolutely cannot have another disastrous April under their belt. And the encouraging thing is David Bell knows this. A bit of a foundation was set like midway through the year last year. And then a lot of those guys were back. We know we have to get better and we need to use spring training to do that. Um, so another focus would be just making sure we come together during spring training um, so that when we leave here, we're a team as much as you possibly can be and uh, talked the other day about just the buy-in from everyone and, and trying to make this just a, uh, a, a great environment, winning culture uh, and that's really where the focus is uh, for, our, for our team and it's coming from the players which is really nice. 
I think an important thing here is that for once David Bell understands that he's got to be a little bit of a motivator. And the nice thing is he talks about how the players are the ones that are driving this. And Jonathan India, we talked about him yesterday and how he said, we understand we've got to have a mindset that no matter what, we're coming out and giving you everything we've got every single day. So I love to hear that. Plus, like you said, there were just a lot more circumstances that were against them last year. Like, let's really hone in on this because Mark Sheldon wrote something about this on MLB.com. And I think we discount this because they're players and we think, well, you go out and you hit the ball or you don't, or you, or you throw strikes or you don't. And, And there's, we don't like consider the human aspect of this. Think about the guys who were coming back to camp and the guys who stayed all the trades that the Reds made last off season before spring training, really setting up, for the rebuild and really setting up to get all the different prospects in and things like that. The players who were here were of every intention to come into spring training and to get ready to build on what they had in 2021. Sure. The reds got rid of Tucker Barnhart and Wade Miley right before the lockout happened. So there was that, but still much of this team was intact. And if you're a player, you don't care about all of the logistical aspects of stuff. You look at the roster you had last year and you say, we did well together. I'm sure they're going to keep it together, right? I'm sure they're going to let us run this back, right? Then they didn't. And then you had less time to get ready for the season, less time to get your body in shape. Then you had other guys that were trying to do too much. Jonathan India getting out of shape and trying to get big and hit homers. Like all this other, you had everything come to a head. And then you had weird injury issues so that when opening day happened, sure, that opening series in Atlanta was kind of inspiring when they split those four games. But after that, it's like reality set in and they were just like, great, what do we do now? Now we know nobody believes in them. Nobody thinks they're going to do anything so they can come into the season with a chip on their shoulder and be ready to play. I, I, I really think that the human element of all of that is being discounted by everyone because they just look at the back of everybody's baseball card or the lack thereof of all these rookies and say, what on earth are we going to do? No, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's why it's so important that the Reds are addressing things early. Example of that is David Bell already saying how the team is going to handle Tyler Stevenson. Tyler Mm -hmm. knows exactly what to expect heading into the season. How many days a week he'll be catching. How many days a week he'll be playing first base? How many days a week he'll be the designated hitter and where he needs to focus his energy on improving his game and getting better? Uh, same with Jonathan India. He comes in in better shape. He comes in a little bit lighter, a little bit ab- uh, more able to move and react, uh, playing that second base position. Uh, back to his roots and being the type of hitter that made him the rookie of the year. Uh, those things are important. Also coming in knowing that he's going to be looked to as a leader on this team and he knows it. They don't have to figure that out on the go. You know, he talked about this last season, you know, the guys that he looked to, to be the leaders of this team were gone. And he felt like he had to step up and was trying to figure out how to do that. You know, obviously they had guys like Kyle farmer and they had some other veterans in the clubhouse that would be eventually traded away. Uh, but this is, you know, India and Stevens's team. Now, you know, of course we talked about Joey Votto being a quiet leader leading by example. Uh, but those two guys are going to be the vocal leadership of this team. And I love going in 
to spring training, knowing that that's the case and that they've got this foundation to build around. We heard David Bell say winning culture. We've heard him talk about culture. This on the heels of Jonathan India's comments last week, talking about the very same thing. And I think that's who David Bell was referencing in that quote. Those are the things that India is saying. Those are the things that Stevenson is saying. Uh, they have kind of set the narrative and they've charted a course now. And I love that David Bell is getting behind it and seemingly is going to be uh, working behind the scenes to help move that along because that's really what this team needs. They need to create a culture. And I know winning culture. We talk about that all the time. And to have a winning culture, you have to win. That's coming. That's coming. But right now they have to, to continue to be scrappers. They have to continue to not give up. They have to continue to play all 162 games hard like they have a chance to walk away a winner. Uh, that's how you start to build the winning culture because you get all those other elements correct and then it leads to a winning culture. They all know that it starts in camp and, and, and there's so much that has to be figured out in camp, whether you're talking about the games that are coming up starting this Saturday that I can't wait to see where guys are trying to figure out what position they're playing and things like that. But even more so, like just how are guys getting ready for the season? David Bell talked a lot about, you know, different aspects of the game where they struggled a lot last year and how they're going to get better, what they're working on this spring to really kind of dive into that. A lot of it pertaining to, you know, the fielding side of baseball. Obviously, Reds didn't field very well last year. Kind of, a, you know, a minute little aspect of a team that didn't do anything well last year. But that's something that they're working on. Uh, overall, though, I look at all of this and I say, I can confidently, this is not a bold take. This is not a hot take. We're not telling you, you know, bold predictions here. The Reds are not going to begin the season 3-22 and this year. God, I hope not. I agree with you. <laughs> that would be a very, very bad thing. Listen, uh, coming up, we're going to go talk about war and what it's good for. Well, the baseball form of war anyway, and it's good for a lot of things. We'll explain why coming up next. But before we talk about war, I want to talk about one of the sponsors of today's podcast. That is Built Bar. If you are looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and the calories, then you got to try Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think that they're good for you. You're going to think that you're cheating on your diet. Uh, they're perfect for helping you maintain that diet and be healthy uh, and continue to pursue your resolutions maybe that you made at the beginning of January. And if you've already fallen away from them, well, Built Bar will help you get back on track. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like candy bars while maintaining amazing statistics. And you know how much I love the stats. We're going to be talking about stats in a minute. Uh, with Built Bar, you get a bar that's 130 calories and only contains four grams of sugar. Uh, and with all that, they jam in 17 grams of protein. Uh, now you don't even have to wait around to get them in the mail. That's right. For years, we've been telling you to, to order your Built Bars, you got to head to Built.com. And you can still get them that way. But now you can also pick them up at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head down to Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. 
I said puffs. Jeff's mouth is probably watering right now. If you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box that have some of the biggest hits around in them. They've got brownie batter, and they've got churro, which is my personal favorite. So head down to Walmart, head down to Sam's Club, or head over to Built.com and order your Built Bars or pick up your Built Bars today. You can thank me later. All right, coming up on tomorrow's show, we are going to continue to look at Red Spring Training and get you set for baseball this coming weekend. And I'm going to attempt to calm Jeff down about Spencer Steer because you know Jeff, he's a little bit excitable. And you know what else gets him excited is a player with a big war. <laughs> Wins yes. of replacement, that is, Jeff. Uh, yes. Let's, uh, let's have a little conversation. We talked with uh, on our Aloha Friday live show uh, about some stats, and it was asked of us to continue to kind of dig through stats during spring training so that once the season gets here, everybody's kind of on the same page. When you and I are looking at certain statistics, uh, people will understand what we're talking about uh, and, and know that we're all on the same page. So for war, again, that's wins above replacement. Uh, and there's a couple different versions of war out there. The first thing you have to decide is if you're going to use uh, the war from baseball reference or B war, or if you're going to use the war from fan graphs, which is F war. Uh, F war tends to favor the pitchers a little bit. And I typically will use baseball reference. I'll stick to the B war. So that's what we're going to do today, Jeff. So just a quick definition. This comes directly from baseball reference uh, war a single number that presents the number of wins the player added to a team above what a replacement level player would add. So replacement level player, consider that a guy that's coming up directly from triple a never played a major league baseball game, dropped him in. He's got a zero war. He is replacing somebody. He is a replacement player until he plays out of that. So replacement level zero uh, for context, an MVP type season would be eight plus war. An all-star season would be five-plus war. If you're a starter on a team, you should have two-plus in war. Uh, your backup guy, zero to two. And then again, replacement level zero or below. So let's talk about war, Jeff. Let's talk about war, Steve. And the depressing thing was that uh, wonderful scale there because, well, when we look back on last season, the Reds didn't have anybody near either all-star or MVP level although i don't think that surprises anybody but let's take a look for those of us here on youtube you can see the little graph that i put together for those on audio we're taking a look at the top seven because that's really what would let me fit in the the graph that i made top seven war players for the reds in 2022 and you'll notice first and foremost the guy at the top of the list didn't play all year for the reds Luis Castillo at 3.1 wins above replacement. Oh, and him in that red uniform for the for the audio folks. He's in a I'm red just... uniform on the graphic. It's going to make me shed a single tear. So the Reds leader in war that stayed with the Reds the entire season is a relief pitcher. He tied Luis Castillo. He's at number two with 3.1 as well. So I guess with the fact that Castillo got traded, your war leader in the 2022 season was a relief pitcher. Alexis Diaz which is interesting because I mean he led the team in saves he led the team in wins which are two stats that we don't really talk about a whole lot because you and I don't really love those stats but 
the interesting thing about his performance is that altogether, when you put everything into a nice little cauldron of a formula for war, still comes out as the best player on the team. And I, I think that in and of itself really speaks to the future and why we are so excited about Alexis Diaz and what's uh, coming down the pipe for the Reds bullpen. The next two guys on the list are Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green. And in that order, Nick Lodolo had a war of 2.8 and Hunter Green had a war of 2.3. Now, I, I think, Steve, if you would have asked some folks about that, about that statistic, I think people would have said, sure, Nick Lodolo has more war. But I think they would have expected that gap to be a little bit bigger. I think so, too. Uh, and it, it speaks volumes of how much Hunter Green improved from beginning to end of season, which is one of the reasons why I'm really excited about this one two punch coming into the 2023 baseball season, because I think those numbers for both pitchers are going to be bigger in 2023. And I'm not quite sure where their ceiling is yet, but I'm really excited to find out because, uh, you know, it's no shock to me that those two guys are on this list as war leaders. Uh, but I think they're both just getting started. You know, I told you that's why I think that Nick Lodolo should be the opening day starter. I think that's already his unless, you know, barring any kind of setback in spring training, uh, Nick Lodolo should be the opening day starter. He had the more consistent season. He had the better season. Uh, but, you know, Hunter Green is not the number two guy on this staff. He's the number one B guy on this staff. It's tremendous that these two pitchers are going to come through this rotation together for the next several years. And I can't wait to see what they do uh, as far as uh, racking up the statistics uh, during their time in Cincinnati. Yeah. And, you know, I think you're wrong. Hunter Green is going to be the opening day starter, but we're going to talk about that a lot more as spring training goes along. Let's round out the top five, the top five of Reds uh, baseball reference wins above replacement players was another guy who got traded in Tyler Maui. He had a B war of 2.1. Then we get to the number six and the number seven spots. And this is how everybody ranked as far as wins above replacement. We finally get to a position player and everybody knows how bad the Reds lineup was last year, but this just continues to prove that uh, number six on the team was Brandon Drury at 2.1 wins above replacement tied Tyler Malley right there. And then Tyler Stevenson in his 50 games for the Reds had 1.5 wins above replacement, i.e. absolutely everyone on the roster had below two war, which as your as your scale said, two war is kind of the cutoff for a major league starter. <laughs> Listen, let's put this in context. Let's really hammer this point home. The leading position player in 2022 for the Cincinnati Reds played 50 games, was sub two in war. And, and that's your best guy coming back. Uh, yeah. This team, uh, you know, when we're talking about reasons why they're going to be better in 2023, this is just yet another example. Tyler Stevenson is going to be healthy. I'm predicting it now. He's going to put up a much greater number than this for war. And there are going to be more hitters on this list. Uh, yes. I, I, I'm predicting there'll be three to four more guys making an appearance on this list as a position player versus it just being all pitchers in 2023. All of those things mean that the Reds are going to have a better start and they're going to have a better season than they had in 2022. Uh, I do want to swing 
a little bit more through this war thing because I really like this stat, Jeff. You know, uh, from all of the shows we've done together now, you know this is the number I use immediately when we go to have a conversation about whether or not a player is a Hall of Famer because it's equalized across baseball. You can look at it across generations. You can look at a number for a guy like, say, Johnny Bench and then look at the other catchers in the league and see how they compare through their career. Uh, so I love this number. So for me, when I look at a player, is he a Hall of Famer? Is he not? Uh, the cutoff for me is 55. And that's going to tick off a lot of Reds fans from a certain generation. I understand because one of their favorite guys falls just short of this. But looking at the Reds Hall of Famers and looking at Reds players where we still argue about whether or not they should be in the Hall of Fame, uh, Davey Concepcion falls, falls short of 55. Tony Perez got in, but he falls short of the 55. Uh, Veda Pinson, who a lot of people still lobby for, is just under the 55. And so for me, I, I feel like the Hall of Fame voters kind of got those dudes right in, in, in how they just looked at their career. Now, the Veterans Committee is a different beast, and that's why it exists, and they could put those guys in, and I would mm -hmm. be okay with it as well. Because again, they're borderline. But I think this is a great number for looking throughout baseball history and seeing this kind of how a guy stacks up against the other greats of the game, regardless of era. I agree. And, and really war for me is the beginning of understanding the value of a player. And I, for some reason, whenever I wrote this in our script, I just kept thinking about Spock and saying, you know, knowledge is the beginning or logic is the beginning of wisdom. See, I messed up the quote. Even. Gosh, I'm all off. Ooh, uh, yes. But, but yes, um, no, it's it, war is the understanding because there's still so much to explain a player as to how they are, but war is kind of the quick and dirty number overall, easy thing to digest whenever you're looking at a player. And kind of like you said, going back to that scale, it's worth noting again, if you've got a war of eight or more, you're an MVP level player. You're a Mike Trout. Five or more all-star, you're, you're, you're talking about your Julio Rodriguez's and things like that. Your two-plus, your starter, I think there's going to be plenty of those guys this year. And when you were talking about how we're going to add three or four more position players to this top list this season, I'm going to go ahead and take that a step further. I don't think, and, and again, we, we talk about this list, that three out of the seven players that we named got traded midseason. I don't think any of the Reds' top wins above replacement players this year will be traded. I think they will all be on the team the entire year. Now, that might be – some might think that's an indictment on Will Myers. I think that is me expressing confidence in the young guys who are going to play, i.e. what I'm going to talk about tomorrow with Spencer Steer. But it's the beginning of understanding for the value of a player. And that, and that includes pitchers and hitters. Yeah, and I think I could probably agree with you on what this list will look like uh, at the end of the year and, and all those guys will still be around. I, the only place I would differ with you is I think, you know, if we're talking the top seven in war on this team in 2023, I think Will Myers could still be at like the bottom of that list and have been traded depending on what happens. Uh, but for, for certain, the top five guys on this list will be Reds all the way through the season, and they'll be here heading into 2024. They'll all be guys that are still around. Uh, I, I think Will Myers is going to thrive at Great American Ballpark, and I think that could put him at the bottom of the list, even if he's traded. I, I do agree. I, I could definitely see that happening. All right. Coming up next, 
there's a guy that the Reds added that they had last year and we didn't like. And no, we're not talking about Hunter Strickland. They found another pitcher to bring back. Yeah, we'll we'll <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. Plus, Ellie De La Cruz has a uniform number, and it's an interesting one. We're gonna tell you why coming up in just a moment. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that is FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one sportsbook in America, and now that we're at the midway point of the NBA season, there is no better time to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Plus, you can get, if you're a new customer, you can get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, you can check out some MLB futures. You could look at the Cy Young race. Hunter Green is on the list for the Cy Young race. In fact, Nick Lodolo has better odds than Hunter Green does, but only just by a little bit. Hunter Green is right there at five or 50 to 1, whereas Nick Lodolo is 40 to 1. Again, they don't have them very high up on the list, but they are on the list but don't miss your chance though when it comes to FanDuel for this no sweat first bet just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and you'll get the no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with FanDuel they are an official sports betting partner of the NBA And now that sports betting is legalized in the state of Ohio, now is the time to check out Locked On Bets because Locked On Bets is going to help new and seasoned gamblers put a couple of bucks in your pocket. Locked On Bets is just like Locked On Reds. It's free and available on all platforms. And speaking of the podcast, make sure uh, that you're following Locked On Reds on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including right here on YouTube. If this is your first time watching us, thank you so much for finding that channel make sure you hit the subscribe button and you click the bell to get notified whenever we've got some more content for you because we've got content coming to you five days a week throughout spring training we'll be with you for any emergency news should the reds make some kind of big trade okay that's probably not going to happen but if they announce that ellie de la cruz is going to be on the opening day roster you can bet that uh steve is going to do a backflip on camera he told me he would uh so, no i'm just kidding he won't do that but uh, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Would you do a backflip on camera if Ellie De La Cruz got uh, We'd have to call an ambulance. <laughs> yeah, probably. But yeah, no, make sure you're following the podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. We've got our Twitter handles here for those watching on YouTube. If you're listening, you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs and you can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. All right, Steve, uh, real quick. <laughs> we talked yesterday about how minor league deals Shouldn't be able to frustrate you, but sometimes they Their do. Son, the Chase Reds Anderson. brought <laughs> Chase Anderson. Is this right? They signed Chase Anderson. What are we? What, what are we doing? Like, it's, I, they, someone was in a room and like, you know what? <laughs> Let's run it back. <laughs> we signed Hunter Strickland. Why not sign Chase Anderson? Let's run it back. Like I, I think, and and maybe this was what Jonathan India was talking about, about oh, people not believing on, in us. And the front office was just like, you're right. We don't let's continue to sabotage this. Uh, no, no I, I don't think I laugh. I, I laugh, Jeff, but this is a pure depth move. Uh, yeah. A lot of arms are about to leave camp and go to the world baseball classic. Uh, and this is a guy that was willing to sign a minor league deal that can eat some innings during the spring and then go down to Louisville and exist 
and yeah. play baseball. Tenth <laughs> pitcher, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just it's it's. I'm okay with it. I if I just don't see any scenario where he's on this team. This is just to make sure that there's somebody to throw a baseball at the hitters during spring training. I have a hot take that I hate. If Chase Anderson gets more than five starts. We're not hitting the over. We're not touching 75 wins. And God knows I'm going to owe my buddy some Jeff Rubies because if Chase Anderson is getting a lot of playing time. But you know what, Steve? Let's 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 move on because there's baseball on television this Saturday. I know we talked a lot about all of the, the weird uh, financial maneuverings of Valley sports and all that stuff. It's not going to affect the fact that the Reds have a spring training baseball game against the Cleveland Guardians on Saturday. I cannot wait to see this. There's going to be so much to watch out for. I'm so excited. You know, we're going to have uh, Sadak and Welsh in the booth out in Goodyear uh, calling the first Reds baseball action of 2023. Yeah. And I just want to remind everybody that this is the first spring training game of 2023. Turn on your TV Settle in with a nice beverage, take a deep breath, and remember that this is just the first spring training game. There's a lot of things that are going to happen in this game that are not going to happen in the regular season. And there's a lot of guys that are going to play in this game that you're not going to see again. So just approach it with the joy of baseball being back. I, I thought you were talking to me for a minute because if Ellie De La Cruz, it's a home run on Saturday. I might just, no, I, I was, that. that was for you too. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and a quick PSA as well. I will be on extra innings on 700 WLW following that game on Saturday, at least for the first hour. I'm going to be on with Rick Cucino as we break down the Reds first spring training game. Plus, he had, he told me, he gave me a teaser and he's just like, I want to know why anyone has any optimism about this team at all. And I'm just like, Oh God, oh, he buddy, called the right wait. guy. <laughs> <laughs> you got he the right guy called for that. the right guy for that. Um, oh man. Speaking of optimism, Ellie de la Cruz and the number. All right, Jeff, I, I put this on here because I'm reading more into it than I think everybody else is. Uh, I'm reading. We, we, we know that they assign regular numbers when they believe a guy is going to be in the big leagues that year. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to make the team right out of the gate opening day. Nick Senzel got his number 15 in spring training and then was still sent to Louisville. It doesn't necessarily mean he's an opening day guy. But it does mean they're looking at him for 2023, which is something we've all been saying. I don't think that's a big surprise either. What is surprising to me is the number that they issued him was number 44. Now, mm -hmm. most recently worn by the departed Aristides Aquino, uh, you know, that number carries with it a lot of legacy. Uh, we're talking Eric Davis. We're talking Adam Dunn. And now we're talking Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, I think they give this number to guys that they think are going to be mashers. And uh, apparently now, if your last name starts with a D and you can hit home runs, uh, <laughs> that's going to be, that's going to be your jam. You're going to be number 44. Uh, I, I like that. They gave him a number that carries a lot of historical value with this franchise, because uh, when it's all said and done, if he lives up to the hype and his potential, he could be uh, as good or better than either of those guys that have come before him wearing number 44. And no matter who you talk to through the broadcast team or through the organization, 
one of the biggest believers in Ellie De La Cruz is Eric Davis. He sees the talent and he understands what he could be. And he's one of the first guys that did the whole thing. Cause we've talked about it all off season, how, you know, people don't want to compare Ellie De La Cruz to anybody because they think it'll do a disservice to both Ellie De La Cruz and to the guy they're comparing him to because they just think he's that unique. He's that talented. Eric Davis was one of the first people to say that. So I love the fact that he gets number 44. I've got, and I don't think that this is founded in anything, but I just feel like the lower number guys are infield guys. And I feel like higher number guys are outfield guys. Do you think that this is the Reds tipping their hand? Oh, I think you're, I think you're Maybe way too much feet? into that. Really? <laughs> let's, let's, let's not start that storm. No, he's <laughs> the shortstop, Jeffrey. Stop it. Yes, he is. And he's going to be absolutely awesome. I love that. I mean, there was an article in the inquiry today talking about how, you know, his goal, he's just like, I'm here, I'm happy, and I'm ready to break camp with the team. Let's go. That's my goal. That's what I'm here for. And I love it because like Tom Nichols has said, anytime you put something in front of Ellie De La Cruz, he will conquer that thing. So I'm very much looking forward to what happens this spring training because he is going to be one of the main guys to watch it doesn't matter if you're the hardened, hardened, the the hardest of the hardened Reds fans, or if you're just a casual fan that's like, let's turn it on, let's see what's going on this spring, let's see what's going. Hopefully, you get a chance to watch Ellie De La Cruz play because it's going to be fun. And on that exciting, optimistic note, Jeffrey, take us home. Yeah, that'll do it for us here today on the Lockdown Reds podcast. Coming up tomorrow, Steve is going to calm me down from a take that I have about Spencer Steer. Yes, he's going to try anyway. He's going to try. But thanks for making Lockdown Reds your first listen. Now make your second listen, Lockdown MLB Prospects. Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like Lockdown Reds. Steve, we are just days away, only a few days left until baseball is back and we have games to talk about. So what's that mean for you and me? That means you and I are going to be locked in on every single retread pitcher that gets signed between now and Saturday. We're going to be locked in on the rumors. We're going to be locked in on the moves. We're going to be locked in on the news. And we're going to keep each and every one of you listening locked on Reds every single day. What's TJ Zoik doing?